Hi, my name is Michael Harris. I'm host of Falling Up Radio. I got to tell you, we're going to have a really frank, raw, and edgy conversation today with our guests. But I just wanted to, to mention a couple of things. But then I want to give as much time as we can in this show for um, our guest, because she's truly, truly an inspiring person. So the, the idea behind Falling Up Radio is really that all of us have had challenges in our life. And sometimes, you know, when we're falling and when we're hitting bottom, it's hard to get back up. So we really have a collection of different people here coming in and conversations that will help inspire us and perhaps give us some ideas and inspirations that we can use to get back up in our life and really have a kick-ass thriving life. And again, our guest today is going to talk about having a kick-ass thriving life and what that means to her. Um, and I want to tell you too, if you're looking at uh, the show today on Falling Up Radio, you can get a free copy of my book, Falling Down, Getting Up. This was the result of, obviously, of falling down. Um, it was the number one book in recovery, stress, and yoga. So go ahead, um, download it. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher or somewhere else, you can just go to Falling Up Radio, and you'll see the link on the page and get your free download right away. So anyway, enough about that. I want to get our guest on the show and I was talking to her a little bit before the show and um, I'm glad I did because I, I've known her for a while, uh, maybe a dozen years or so. I'm not exactly sure how long right now, um, but more came out that I didn't know. So our guest, she was a professional snowboarder from about 15 to 23 years old. She even won the 1997 Freestyle Snowboarding Championship and competed in the X Games as well. She's broken like 12 bones in her life, and she's going to tell us, you know, how some of that happened and her endeavor to get outside and, and really live her life. But she walked in or maybe hobbled in might have been the way she'll tell us her story into yoga one day after seeing an advertisement in the back of, the, of a magazine and or the back of a newspaper in Bend, Oregon. And let me see, I've, I have it written down. Um, well, where, where did I write it? Oh, here it is. I found an advertisement in the back of a weekly newspaper that said, make your body smile. And what did she say? She said, I thought, what the hell is this? So Micah, Micah Fish is our guest. I'm glad you're here. I'm really looking forward to your story. Hi, Michael. Thank you for having me. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. I, I want to get right into your, your broken ankles, because I know that you broke both your ankles, your telespone, at one point, how did that happen? When did that happen? Tell us about it. Sure. So um, I, I, I have to preface it with that I believe that I have a strong mind and I co-create my life. So I was sitting at the top of a practice jump um, in Bend, Oregon. Beautiful, beautiful sunny day and practicing for a future bigger competition and I was going to school and working, competing, because why just do one when you can do all three? And I was sitting at the top of the jump, 
And I said, I'm so tired. I just need a break. Mm. So be careful what you ask for. I did my practice jump and I landed actually on my feet with maybe, I don't know, 35 to 50 foot jump, something like that. And um, my ankles broke just from the impact landing. Um, I were you on a snowboard or were you on skis or what were you on? I was on a snowboard. Uh huh. Yeah, um, for a snowboarding competition. And um, I actually didn't go to the doctor for many, many days. I was wow. very stubborn and I was at that time um, attempting to just have mind over the matter. Mm. You know, you, you, you know I, I've been in situations before where, where we've talked about life and business and the mind over matter part is really interesting because I've, I have found you to be somebody that can speak something and oftentimes within a few days or a week or a couple of weeks, you've manifested whatever it is you've talked about. Yeah, I, yeah. It's yeah, and so like even being at the top of that jump and saying, I just need a break. Yeah, I'm always very careful now what I ask for and how I phrase it. Yeah, they, they say careful what you ask for, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how old were you when, when this happened? Do you remember? Um, I was, I believe, 22. So you, you were 22. Mm-hmm. I had and... been to the X Games and I was practicing. I was excited to go. It was the first time that I was going to compete um, in a competition of, at, at that level. Uh-huh. So I, I did end up going anyways. And you did? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And how long after you had broken your ankles did you go? That's a good question. Um, it was mo- maybe six months, but I was still very tender. I hadn't fully recovered, so I didn't actually snowboard um, after that event, but it was really important for me to complete that and do yeah. that. So it was, was the breaking of the ankles in a way an, an ending of that career? It was. I realized, um, I think it was the first time that I realized my own mortality. (laughs) Mm. I had broken many other bones and had many other injuries up to that point, but they never seemed to slow me down quite like that one did. It was really an eye-opener for me, and and, um, it was also an opportunity for me to to look at my life and think that I should probably go back and finish going to school. Yeah. (laughs) Did you do that? I did, yeah. Yeah? And what, what, when you say go back and finish school, what were you doing? Um, I was studying, well, I have a bachelor's of science in social science and psychology, so I finished my four-year degree. Nice. And what, was, was that in Bend, or where, or where was that? It was in Bend, yeah. Yeah, cool. So tell us about that time where, you saw that advertisement in the paper and thought, what the hell is this? So I love all things in movement and keeping my body moving. I, I love to be outside. I love to be doing things and having broken my ankles. I was really, um, it inhibited what I could do. I couldn't swim with fins on. I couldn't pedal a bicycle. 
I couldn't even really hike for any length of time. And I just wasn't sure what I was going to do to feed my addiction for exercise and movement. And I saw an ad in the back of a weekly newspaper. Uh, let, let me stop you there for, for a minute. Were, were you like an adrenaline junkie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so, yes. You, so you just needed that, like, rush of adrenaline all the time. Yeah, all the time. It could be anything. It could be boating in a river. It could be being in the wilderness or skiing down a mountain or any sort of snow sports. I just loved anything that was human-powered, anything that we could do, you know, without a motor with our own bodies and I was looking for that but I was limited and I saw the ad in the back of the paper and so and you didn't want to be limited I didn't want to be limited yeah so how so you saw the ad how soon did you go to um that yoga studio um just like the next day I went yeah. in and I took a class um it was it was really intense I just had no idea what to think. I didn't feel very well. Um, you didn't feel very well from the class or you didn't feel very well at all? Well, I didn't feel very well at all. Um, and the class really amplified that and it was very raw and very vulnerable. And at that time I wasn't super excited about feeling raw and vulnerable. Mm. <laughs> um, and I didn't- Remember who your first teacher was? Um, yes, it was Kimberly Canino. Okay, yeah. Um, I okay. took one class and then I didn't, I bought this intro package, 10 classes in 10 days or something like that. And I intended to use them because I thought I knew everything and I thought I was like the greatest athlete in the world and this mm -hmm. was gonna be fine. Mm -hmm. And um, I took the first class and I couldn't go back. I was, I was devastated and I, I thought that it was the yoga's fault, that it couldn't be my fault. Um, so so why, I, couldn't you, why couldn't you go back? I could have, but I didn't. I just didn't have the mindset. I didn't understand. I had a lot of reasoning, like, um, you know, in my experience, having a studio, sometimes people's first classes are really uncomfortable. Mm. and really difficult and a lot of stuff comes up that's it's kind of one off from um, how we make ourselves comfortable in society like there's lights on and there's mirrors and there's other people and someone was telling me what to do and I didn't like any of those things mm. um, I really had an attitude problem actually is what came out and I did come back about five months later and you were actually so it took you five months for your second class don't tell anybody but yeah <laughs> well we're telling the world now so <laughs> I know yeah, yeah. It, took me, it took me five months I it kind of it did it planted a seed and some things felt better immediately after my first class there were changes um, and I did enjoy it on a really deep level, but I wasn't ready to accept that. I think I was looking for something more superficial, like an exercise class. And so, um, it, it took a little while. I think I had to mature into going actually. Yeah. So, so that second class, I mean, what, what provoked you? Did you see that ad again or what, why'd you come back? 
I just knew that some things changed after the first class and I had some other things that I wanted to change. Like I'd had a pain in my stomach that I'd had ultrasounds on and tests done and they never found an issue. They, meaning my Western medicine doctors, never had found an issue. And after that first class, that pain actually was kind of amplified during the class. We do these front side bending things, you know, I think, well, now we call them front side compressions, but then I was just doing what everyone else was doing. And it, it was very tender and then it was gone. And I, this is something that doctors had been recommending like exploratory surgery for. Um, and I think it just took me maybe, you know, moving my guts around the right way. So that happened in the first class. And I, I knew that, but I didn't really want to admit it. I was also scared of like real transformation or change. Um, that was scary. And so when I came back for my second class, it was just this, I was feeling brave and <clears throat> I had other things that I wanted to change. My, I'd gone through a second round of attempting to heal my ankles, um, second round of like specialists and physical therapy. And the doctor recommended that they, uh, replace the talus bones with prosthetics. Um, and I wasn't, there was no way that I was going to do that. That just seemed absolutely insane at 23 years old. Um, and I was, I remember I was like, there was this yoga class and these things happened and they kept telling me that my body could heal itself and um, reach its highest potential and work at its own optimal level if I just treated it the right way. And so I went back and you were at the front desk actually that day. Me. What okay. was that? You said me. Yeah, you. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, and I said, well, I didn't take advantage of the intro, so I want to do it again. And you said, no. You said, you are such a mess. You have to pay full price and you have to do a month. <laughs> Is that what I said? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you probably thought, what the hell is this? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was kind of shocked by your straightforwardness mm -hmm. to um, like hit the nail on the head and, and recognize that even if I looked physically fit, I did hobble in on two broken ankles that they wanted to replace at 23 years old. I was, and I think you picked up on that. And so... I did shelled out the cash. I think it was like $130. And uh, he told me that if I wanted the benefit, I needed to come three or four times a week. And so that's what I did. And so what happened? Oh my gosh. Well, everything changed. I realized, first of all, that the environment in the hot room in the yoga studio was very conducive to my nature. Mm -hmm. And, um, even though the lights are on and the mirrors are there and there's people, it's very quiet, it's very safe, it's very serene. Um, there's just no bullshit. Like it's just you and your space. Um, and so that appealed to me more than I thought it did. It was like coming home, but you didn't know that you, you didn't know you weren't home. Um, I really resonated with that right away. And over the next, four months or so, it was really 
intense. I was too scared because I'm a people pleaser. Um, I was too scared to sit down. And I never heard people saying like, you can take a break because my own mind wouldn't let me take a break. So I didn't sit down for any posture or skip anything for three months, even if like the star halos were going around my eyes. Um, <laughs> and I got stronger. So first building stamina and strength in ways that I didn't know that I needed it. And also um, really feeling into, cause it is painful for me to like actually heal to 100% the injuries that I had had. And so I had had physical therapy on different injuries that had like gotten me moving again, but that's not the same as really, like I can't tell you some of the injuries I've had, which, which side of the body it is anymore because I've so completely erased the story that I don't know. I actually have to intellectualize it because I don't feel it. I don't know which knee or which shoulder or which arm or which, you know, what wrist. I actually have to like look at a picture or really think back, like, and, you know, um, but I don't feel those injuries anymore. And in the first few months, I had to go through that. I had to go through <clears throat> like peeling away all the layers of the pain and allow the healing to happen. Um, I cried a lot. It took me four months to be able to step out um, if, if my two feet were together, to step out over the top of my mat to the other side, like three or four feet. It took me four months to do that without crying because I'd have to like scoop my foot like this to get out there because the ankles were so tender and any change in how there was pressure was completely overwhelming. So I would, in the separate legs series that we do in the Bikram class, um, it would take me the whole time to step out and then they would be like change and the posture would be over. Yeah. So, um, but I started to feel better on so many levels, realizing that I needed to drink water often um, and, and eat differently. Um, Was anybody so telling you to do that or did that just kind of happen? Well, I think that water is always a conversation in a hot yoga studio. And so I was picking up on that um, and then trying it. Like I recall you saying that you always drink a big glass of water in the morning right when you get up. Um, and so trying on some of those habits of other people that, that I was hearing and um, I fell in love with it. I, I loved the practice. It was what I wanted to do. I told all my friends, all my coworkers, I drug everyone into the studio with me, sometimes um, kicking and screaming. A lot of them stayed. <laughs> <laughs> and some didn't. And some didn't. Yeah. Okay, I, I wanna go back for a moment and you, you've said so many things and I'm actually taking some notes here because it's just like, I'm fascinated and I'm learning things about you that I didn't know. And one of the things that you said that you needed to erase your story and that yeah. you didn't even remember where your injuries were. I mean, that's huge. I mean, to, to, to be aware of that, acknowledge that, um, 
is incredible. And the, you, you said something too about um, the room was safe and serene, but there was no BS at the same time. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, can you tell more about erasing your story? Because I mean, that, I think that's a very powerful part of what you're saying today. Yeah, so um, I, erasing my story, I remember being in the studio in Bend, Oregon, and because of the moment in time when I said I needed a break, and then I took the jump and I broke my ankles. And for me, it was like, I called that into action. That's how I, I determined it. I said it, I asked for it, it happened unintended consequences. Mm. However, when I realized that if I took that at face value and that I have a powerful mind, then I thought in my own stubborn way, well, if I can do it, I can undo it. So I set out to determine that I was going to fix myself to as good of condition as I was prior to the injury or better. And I've held that in my mind the whole time that I was going to self-determine my future, which meant that I could, I mean, kind of undo the story. Yeah. Um, like I got myself into this situation. I'm going to get myself out of this situation. It wasn't really going to be the point from which I, I lived the rest of my life because the alternative could be, um, with the ankle replacements that were recommended by my surgeon, it was a 50-50 chance that, they, that I would be in less pain. So if you do the first ankle and it works, you still have a 50% chance that you could be 100% in pain if the second one doesn't work. So, and if the first one doesn't work, then you already know that you're gonna be in pain. Like, and it was like a year non-weight-bearing like wheelchair or crutches for recovery, which at 23 years old, that just seemed like at least an entire millennium of time. Mm -hmm. And um, so I look back at that and think that I could have latched onto that story and I could have created that story or I could create a new story, which was that I have healthy, a healthy, able body and I can do whatever I want. I just have to work, I had to work at it like really, really hard. It wasn't a given for me anymore. Wow. And when, when you said the thing about you needed a break and you started realizing that things were happening in your life that you were verbalizing or thinking, had you known before that how powerful that was for you? and that you could manifest and create things, or did it really come after that? That was it, that was the moment. I, I had never really studied or heard about um, the power of, of vocalizing our intentions or what we want, um, but I started paying attention <laughs> and I started research, when researching it and studying. Wow. Because again, I mean, I mentioned this a little while ago too, that we've had conversations over the years and a couple of times in business and we'd be talking to, about something and you would mention that you're going to do this in business or whatever, you needed to manifest this amount of money or go to Hawaii or whatever it was. 
And then we were talking again a couple of weeks later, and you had already done that. You had gotten yeah. the money, or you were planning the trip to Hawaii, or what, whatever it was. It was manifesting, and it's just like, blow me away, Micah. I mean, it's just like so instant. Yes, it is. I, I don't know why or how it works. Um, and sometimes it makes me be very, very cautious. I don't want to speak at all because if I'm like in a silly mood, I might say something like what I said that day. So there's yeah. some cautiousness about it, but I also am becoming more comfortable with verbalizing my intentions and believing 100% that I'm, I'm going to get whatever is in my best interest or everyone's best interest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, we, we could probably talk about this just for hours, but I want to talk more about yoga and, and where it was where you decided, hey, you want to do this, you want to become a teacher. When did that start happening? Oh, yeah. So becoming a teacher, well, um, in the spirit of falling down and getting up, I <laughs> was at the studio in Bend and... Uh, there was this talk about, I never even thought where yoga teachers came from. I had never crossed my mind. I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know where you guys were coming from. We were hatched. This is the way it happened. <laughs> we were just hatched. Yeah. 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 Kind of. I yeah. thought you were just hatched. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were definitely like a different yeah. breed of people. I didn't, you know, like, you were very mysterious. Um, and there was talk about teacher training at the studio. And I remember being in a class and the instructor saying, I bet you didn't even know that there was a teacher training. And I thought, oh, there's a teacher training? I didn't know what that meant. And then I dug more deeply into what it was. It was nine weeks of intense yoga and my love of intense activity and exercise and adrenaline rushes, I thought that would be wonderful. And I wanted to go, um, but you have to be, approved by a studio and sent like a studio will sponsor you to go um, and I actually was turned down by the studio owners a couple of times um, <laughs> because I think of my lack of maturity um, I was pretty selfish I just wanted to go for the experience I had no intention of coming back and sharing what I had learned with other people or taking a leadership role none of those things were uh, on my radar at the time. And so I got a big, no, you're not ready. And, but you were determined still, regardless, even though you heard that or were you resigned that you weren't good to go? Um, well, no, I was resigned that I was going to go. I just, oh, I took okay. part, like, I wasn't going to go that time because I, I am a rule follower. So I figured you guys knew you but were part of that team um, that the studio owners knew something I didn't know. And we're, you know, I had to like honor that I was showing up in a way that, you know, I, I didn't deserve to be backed up. So even when that seed was there um, for whatever reason, you just weren't right. But the seed yeah. was still there. Yeah. And, you, and then, you know the thing about Chinese bamboo? Have you heard about it? Um, tell me. 
Well, what, once they plant the seed in the ground, it takes seven years in the dark, seven years for the, this particular type of bamboo to germinate and start to come up out of the ground. And then you can grow up to a foot a day with this bamboo. It's just like, but it takes that long germination period. It's there. The seed is there. It's doing something. And then all of a sudden it just goes, and it grows really quickly. And for some reason that popped into my mind as we were talking about your thoughts of going to teach or training. It's just like, oh, it's like the seed, the, the Chinese bamboo seed in the ground. I, I guess I needed a long time to just germinate and yeah. get all my, my ducks in a row and, um, yeah, grow yeah. into it before yeah. I was even ready to, like, break the surface. Yeah. So eventually you did go, and you went to the nine-week uh, nine training in Acapulco, Mexico. Yeah, beautiful. What was that like? Um, I, I loved my training. I loved every moment of it. I was ready. Um, I know that's not, everyone's experience is so unique and different, but for me, I loved all of it. I loved doing the yoga every day. I loved not sleeping a lot. I loved being in an environment where we were um, very healthy. I mean, filtered water and food and sun and dolphins in the ocean in the morning. Um, not that it was easy. I had in between, um, at some point in there, I had torn my knee, my, um, my patellar sheath. I dislocated my kneecap. And it wasn't quite healed all the way going into teacher training. So I was at about like 85% with my knee. I actually would reach down in class and push my kneecap over and lock my knee at teacher training to keep my kneecap in line. So I often was like in the back row, which we affectionately called the infirmary. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, with the nurses and the people who were taking care of you because I'd had this injury and I, and I was monitoring it. So that was going on the whole time that I was in Mexico, but I, um, I just soaked it all in. It's such an amazing experience to be in a space with such a large group of people who all love the same thing and have the same intention, like to learn this yoga. Yeah. Um, oh, I loved it. Some, some reason, oh, there you go. Okay, we lost you for a moment. You're back though. Yes. Okay, keep going. Um, talking about teacher training, I, yeah, every, every moment. I, I didn't miss a single class. Yeah. Um, I didn't miss a single lecture. Yeah. I went to everything. I was 100% committed, studied dialogue so that I could become a teacher, walking on the beach, eating breakfast going to bed in the shower with my roommate on the balcony, like every moment, just eating, sleeping, drinking in the yoga. Yeah. For nine weeks. For nine weeks. For like from eight in the morning till two in the morning. Yes. <laughs> Something like that, thereabouts. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when, when, when you had gone to training, when we first started, you mentioned about breaking all these other things and you've broken more than 12 bones and your um, humerus and radius and your tailbone and your patella, 
all these different injuries. Was all of that before you had that experience or did some of that come later? Um, before te going to teacher training? Right. I think they've all happened before. Before? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And since you started doing yoga, even before the teacher training, and going through the training, did you ever within your body kind of like experience like, oh, there was my humerus, that was what happened, or your tailbone, or did energetically, did you ever experience any of that as you were developing your yoga practice? Yeah, I had to go through it. I felt all of it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes as bad as the first time, but knowing I wasn't causing, I think what, why I was able to keep going through the pain was that mentally I knew that I wasn't causing pain, I was just re-experiencing it. And so I wasn't doing any more damage to my body, but I was going back to that injury and really examining and looking at it through the, the yoga practice and then having to break down the scar tissue and the old patterning and then begin to build it up in a healthy way, which for me meant trusting the process, which was really challenging. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like that saying where they, they talked about we have issues in our tissues. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So as, as you came out of training, by the time training was done, did you feel like you wanted to teach? Um, I... Well, I mean, I kind of never want to be in the spotlight. So yes and no. Um, I didn't have a choice because I got off the plane and I was scheduled to teach the 9 a.m. class the next morning at a studio in Portland. Mm. <laughs> 37 people showed up to my first class. Awesome. Yeah. And as many mixed up lefts and rights as I said, and, you know, they were great. Yeah. And what, what studio was that? Um, Bikram Yoga, Fremont Street in Portland. So that was Fremont, okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. I know that studio. Yeah, I think you built it. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't there at your first class because I didn't own it anymore, but it's such a great studio today, too. And it's just, it's continued. But anyway, um, so you had 37 students in, in your first class, and... Did you feel like, oh my God, I got to do this? I mean, where did you know that you were going to be a teacher? Hmm. I guess I, I, the only way I could talk myself into it was to know that somebody has to take their turn being at the front of the room so everybody else can practice. Hmm. And um, and that's kind of how I convinced myself to keep teaching was I wanted to take class and other people wanted to take class. And so I would just take my turn <laughs> being at the, you know, at the front of the room to lead people through class. And that way I could share what I loved without feeling like um, I was telling people what they had to experience because I really wanted them to have their own experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so where did you have a different job at the same time? Were you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I worked in education at a college yeah. and taught yoga. Yeah. On the side. And so how much were you teaching at first? Um, like six 
six classes a week. I would teach like 6 a.m. and 9.30, and then I would go to work. <laughs> from wow. Like That's still a lot, six a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And when did you know through that? Because at some point you must have known, hey, this is it. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to go open a studio. So where did that start to play in? Oh, good question. I, hmm, I grew up in a family that has a small business, and it just seemed like a natural progression for me. It was important for, to look around the area where I lived and find a space, that, a demographic that I could serve. Um, so I chose a space that was quite a ways away from, from everyone else. And um, that was about 2012. And I built mm -hmm. Bikram Yoga Hazeldell in Vancouver, Washington, just north of Portland. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And do you call it Bikram Yoga Hazeldell or Yoga Northwest? Um, Bikram Yoga Hazeldell is this location and um, Hot Yoga Northwest is what my official LLC is. Oh, okay. 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 So you, you open up the studio and I've been to your studio a number of times and I was there before you opened too. Yeah. And, um, when I was crying. you came, you drove down once from Seattle. Thank yeah. You. Well, it's just, it was so great. I was so happy for you to open that studio. But yeah. so, so now the studio was 2012 has been almost seven years. I think we're five and a half years old. Five and a half years old. Yeah. And, you know, like any small business, there's ups and downs, falling down, getting up, and, you know, moving through that um, is not always easy. And there's challenging moments. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's just pure determination, one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Or faith believing that that you know the next step is going to come forward when you're ready for it um i think you once sent me a quote that has resonated with me that said um the only difference between people who succeed and people who fail are the people who the people who failed have given up and so i often just was like well I'm not giving up, no matter how bad this gets or what this looks like. This is yeah. not me. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, because I really, I love this space and I'm here at the studio. I love this space and the community that's here and the people and seeing the growth and knowing that um, just here, their lives are changing and my life is changing. It's given yeah. me a life I couldn't have ever um, yeah. created in another way yeah so tell us a, a little bit more about your studio because i know it's evolved quite quite a bit and um maybe today it's not what you thought of as, as first and you started out with just um teaching bikram yoga but now you're teaching several different types of uh yoga can you tell us a little bit more about what you do yeah so i think that Bikram Hot Yoga is the heart and soul of the studio. It is primarily what's on our schedule because I believe in the therapeutic benefits of that practice. Mm -hmm. um, I also have come to realize that I could serve my community better by adding more 
types of classes because after a while you realize that some people just aren't coming back for the hot yoga whatever reason it's intimidating or whatever um and so as teachers have come forth in other modalities if i feel like it's a good fit then we've added it to the schedule and now we have yin yoga classes with deep connective tissue stretching um, we have Inferno Hot Pilates, which is a 60 minutes fitness class, mindful fitness class. I actually feel like the principles of that class really resonate with the principles of the studio. And so that's on our schedule now. And just recently, we have rehomed uh, a vinyasa studio owner in town. She's come on to teach vinyasa here. Her studio is closed. Um, and so it's been really fun just to have the space be the vessel in town to be the premier yoga space for everyone here to come and, and practice. I mean, in my heart, I wish every single person on the planet was doing Bikram yoga three times a week or more, but I'm also open to everything else also. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So any thoughts about having another yoga studio or expanding the one that you have, or are you happy with, um what you're doing with just your studio right now i'm always well i can't say always but recently i have been interested in um expansion it's it's coming forward for opportunity to have a second location a little bit different than this maybe more of like a retreat center mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. yeah i like to Sorry, I lost you again. I'm getting low battery signals, but I'm... Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, we've, we've got about five minutes left, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, let, let me ask you, I mean, I, I want to go back to when, when you first went into yoga, you first started yoga, you had some trepidations, you went one time, it took you five months to come back, and that was part of your journey and part of your progress. But... What would you, I mean, do you have a couple of ideas for a new student that maybe has been to your studio or maybe been to your, to any studio really, or maybe been to yoga a couple of times on suggestions on what they can do to start their practice? Yeah, I think um, spending the idea that it's going to be comfortable like just really getting down to the nitty gritty that your first few classes might be uncomfortable. And in so many ways, um, you know, it, it, it pushes us. We're, we're in a challenging environment. We're with people we don't know. It touches on a lot of like cultural and social things that we might tend to avoid. And so just knowing that, um, that there's a rhyme or reason to what's happening in the room and it really, the whole package is curated to get people through the difficult parts to get to the benefit of the yoga. And they just, they have to do it. They have to keep coming. Even if they sit down or kneel down um, multiple times in class, like not having an expectation to be graceful or perfect, yeah. uh, just show up. And also to not be afraid of the transformation because it's coming. There, this yoga will change your life. It will. Yeah. That you on a on a beautiful path it's been proven time and time and time again by the thousands and tens of thousands probably hundreds of thousands of us that practice 
Yeah. And then on a more practical level, um, don't wear sweatpants, wear yoga clothes, <laughs> and drink water. Yeah. Um, like starting yeah. now, even yeah. if you're going to take the first class in a week. Yeah. Um, and don't be deterred by anything that comes up. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about you and thinking about, again, back at the moment at, at the top of that jump where you're ready to practice and saying, I need a break. And in some ways, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, and I don't know if, if you feel this way, but it's just like, sometimes those things where we get a break or we fall or however you want to describe it is really one of the best things that can ever happen to us. Yeah. It's like it becomes a turning point. Do you think about that? From where you were standing on the top of that practice run up on the mountain to now, a number of years later, being a yoga teacher, doing your own practice, healing your body, releasing your story, and helping other people. Yeah, absolutely. I do think that that moment was a turning point, and it was, I'm grateful for it every day that I pivoted from where I was um, and the trajectory that I was on. I probably had other signs that I didn't um, pick up on or pay attention to, and so I needed like a really, I needed a harsh wake-up call, which is what I got. Um, to send me on this other path. Yeah. Wow. You know, I learned a lot about you today that I didn't know, and I didn't even get through all our notes, and we don't have time today, but one of my questions, and another one that I'm thinking right now is, when are you going to write your book? When are you going to write your story? You know? I don't, um, I guess soon. Now I'll I'll have to, because we're So I guess say um yeah michael i will write that book i will yeah. write my story yeah and i want you back on when when you do okay i mean i'd love to have you back on anyway because i think what what at least what i discovered today in having this conversation is um you know i know you fairly well on, on many different levels yet i don't know you and there's so many different things along the way in our conversation that I'd love to explore more. Let's do it. Another time, I would love to. Yeah. So. Really fun. Yeah. So um, I'm going to write this out on, on, on the website, too, at, at Falling Up Radio. But uh, what is your website? Can you tell the, the listeners? Yeah. So our website is www.bikramyogahazeldell.com. Okay. And, um, also, we're simultaneously building out um, hotyoganorthwest.com, nice. which will have a little bit of a different flavor. Nice. Wow. Yeah. And visit so, us and take class. Yeah. So if somebody's in, in, in the Vancouver, Washington area, they can come to your studio, Vancouver, Portland area, um, and take class from you. Are you, is, are you listed on your website about when you teach? Can people find that out? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. They just go to classes and sign up. They'll see who's teaching what classes. I'm usually here most days, most of the time. Yeah, except for when you're not. Except for when I'm not. Right, yeah, yeah. So, okay, I'm looking forward to the book. Again, if you're listening or or you're watching this, um, you get a free copy of Falling Down, Getting Up. Uh, Just click on the button on the website and you can get that free copy of the book. And again, I want to thank you very much, Micah, 
for your story and that your story changed and you've come to this place to where you've really healed your life and taking that fall, taking that break, and uh, now helping the world and your community. So thank you very much. Thank you, Michael, for having me. It was such a pleasure, and I love this conversation with you. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Don't go anywhere. Thank you, everybody. Again, if you enjoyed this show, tell your friends. Uh, download the show. Share with everybody. Um, opt in. Do, do it all. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye.